Welcome to the family with Kevin Pittman, co-host Catherine Brandt, and Andy Brant-Bernard. And Alex will be here any minute. That's not a very good impression of Alex, is it? No. Oh, why are you trying yeah, to do Mickey say, Mouse? Yeah, it was like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> it was Mickey Mouse. Alex will be here soon, kids. <laughs> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Just pick on me. It's my fault. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. I have a fun fact. Okay. Did you know that Neptune was the first planet to get its existence predicted by calculations before it was actually seen by a telescope? Really? Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. How long ago was that? That I don't know. Well, damn. I'm guessing Aristotle adjacent. Yeah, probably. They had nothing <clears> else to do, guess, just anyway. calculations all day. I thought that was pretty cool. Do you know how smart you have to be to accurately calculate yeah. where a planet is? Well, not to mention it? back then they didn't have... I mean, calculators, obviously. They right. did all the math by hand in their heads or on paper. And they also yeah. didn't have a lot of the modern formulas that we, that we do. Just a, it, I would never, not even close. It would be like throwing darts at a dartboard. Well, first of all, how do, you, how do you make calculations based on not having any knowledge of something existing? Right. Let's see. <laughs> I've never understood that. Uh, it was predicted by Alexis Bouvard. Oh, this was in, like, the late 1700s. Yeah, they would have thought So we didn't know like about a... Neptune until the late 1700s? Jeez. We would have thought he was, like, a witch or something, or, like, a well, magician. Apparently... Was it a man or a woman? Uh, it was a man. The, it was a man. Apparently, the orbit of Uranus was not as you would expect Uranus. it to be. Uranus is actually the more accurate pronunciation. Uranus, yeah. It's Greek. <laughs> well, technically, I mean, I guess it's... Roman, so Latin, but you know. But um, yeah, apparently its orbit wasn't going the way they expected it to, so this Alexis guy was like, well, there must be another planet out there pulling on it, and he was of right. Course yeah. Of course yeah. you'd figure that out. <laughs> well, that's pretty easy to figure out, actually. It's all about gravity. Well, yeah, yeah, now we know so much more, but back then when they were figuring it all out, that's the amazing part mm -hmm. is that they figured it out with all, all the stuff that we have, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because yeah, you, know, you can't would... see it. The only way you can see it is, uh, let's see, they couldn't see it until 1846 with a really? very Jeez. powerful telescope. So That's they knew amazing. it was there for almost 100 years before huh. they uh, actually ever saw it. There you have it. Now I have a question for you guys. i got to read a, a story, but I have a question for you guys about the story. 
Um, and I'll ask you the question after I, <clears throat> well, I'm, during the time I'm reading this, because this, you know, I've been talking a little lately about how everybody's upset about everything and everything pisses everybody off. And oh my God, you can't say the right. Matter of fact, there was a woman last night who said that, um, what was it again, Catherine? The what? Some taco, what is it? What was it? Taco Tuesday. Oh yeah, Taco Tuesday is racist. Mildly Who racist. Cares, Mildly She's just racist. some crazy woman whose no, opinions was, don't matter. No, it was Jeff. What's his name? Jeff Siegel. What's it Jeff. on the show? Oh, Jason Siegel. Jason, Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel on uh, his new show, Shrink. He has a new show. Shrinking. 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 Oh, shrinking. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently, Taco Tuesdays are mildly racist. <laughs> it's like, what? So it's a fake woman. And like, <laughs> what? yeah. So that, why are we, why do we taco? Know. It's just because it starts with a T, and taco starts with a T, and everybody loves tacos. What about so, Taco exactly. Thursday? Right, like, well, the alliteration doesn't sound yeah. as good. Like, taco no, Thursday. If there was French Toast Fridays, mm, I'd be on board with that as well. Like, it's not like it's Mexican Mondays. Like, How about that would French be racist. Fry Friday. That, that too. Like, like don't ruin, double alliteration. Don't ruin Taco Tuesday. Well, what? What was the show where the guy went around in a sombrero and uh, some, you know? Right now, that would be racist if you no, were doing no, Taco but this Tuesday guy, in a sombrero. This yeah, guy went on college campuses with like a big mustache and a sombrero, and I don't know some other stereotypical Mexican garb, and he went around on a ca- college Poncho, campus and said, yeah. "Is this?" Is this is this racist? And they're like, "Oh my God, so racist! Such terrible thing to do! How dare you do this?" He went to Mexico and walked around and said, "Does this offend you?" And they're like, "No, we think you look great. Dress <laughs> like us. Why not? We don't care at all." The Mexicans what you do. really don't care about any of that kind of stuff. They hate it when you call them Latin X. I know that much. Yeah, yeah they, they don't like that at all. But white people like won't that. stop that under any circumstances. <laughs> nope. We'll tell true. we'll tell you what you can like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I think it looked at racist here because nobody here dresses like that. Whereas like in Mexico, it's like everybody dresses a little bit differently. Or if you're in another country and right. they dress a certain way, well, it's like if I walked around wearing a beret and holding a baguette. People yeah. would be like, what's your problem? Right. Well, like when the politicians, there was that picture where they're all wearing like traditional like African. Yeah, that was. And it's like, okay, yeah. you would never wear that in your yeah. everyday life. No. Yeah, everyone in Africa is just constantly walking around wearing robes and the, <laughs> yeah, the shiki like... and everything. Right. All right. Well, I'd, I'd like to point out that uh, Tevin will no longer be allowed to wear shirts and pants. He's got to come wearing a smock like they do in Africa because you're smock. African. So you're you are racist it, if you wear a shirt. And I'll say this: so, like, I have a. He doesn't even argue with me. <laughs> well, I would, why, why bother, Tevin? I would, right? I would argue that, like, if I wore, like, if I showed up to the studio wearing like traditional African garb, you would look at me like, "What is wrong with you?" Like, that's not. Like, oh no, he's a it's black not, Right, it's now. not like now I'm just trying to play a character. Yeah. Like, no, it's not, I, if it doesn't I, come natural to you, like, that's more of like the issue. Like, well, it's like, I'm I would assume German, you were changing your religion. But if or, I or that, if I started wearing later hosen, people would be very confused. Right. Like, even though technically it's my heritage, it's just not something right. you do, well, especially fair, in America. If you were anything but a graphic tee and that's true. cargo shorts, I'd be a little bit... Yeah, we wouldn't have you wear. Why do you constantly think everything <laughs> I, I say to Andy is a shot? He's just like, because it is. Stoking it's an observation. The fire. Fight, fight, fight. Yeah. Fight, fight, yep. fight, Andy fight, doesn't fight. take it the wrong way, and that's mm-hmm. what matters. All right, we have three young people in studio... 
than one young uh, person young-ish. studio here. Young-ish. <laughs> young-ish. <laughs> We're approaching middle age. Yeah. I think yeah. Kevin's young. Yes, you're uh, approaching me middle age. That's mm. great. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, I got to read you a, a story. Here, I, here's another story I do not understand. And I'm literally begging Americans, stop fighting and hating one another because the rest of the world is watching and they think we're crazy. They really do. Because we cannot get along with anybody. We are constantly pissed off. It's a really bad image, don't you think? I mean, I think Mm -hmm. something that's pretty similar in a lot of other countries. Not well, yeah, but America's the world. Yeah, but look at look at the United States is the world leader. You can't act like that if you're a world. I would say what you got: Russia, China, and the United States are the. Three kind of world leaders. You don't, you arguably, you don't yeah. consider England or like the UK? No, no they started no. everything. Not for a long time. They, they're well, like they were world leaders once yeah, upon a time. Not that, anymore, yeah, though. They've lost their yeah. Okay, so now okay. everybody's pissed <clears throat> off over at National Public Radio, and I'll tell you why they're pissed off over at NPR, National Public Radio, because uh, NPR ditched Twitter over <clears throat> the label from Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Here's the label that he gave them. The move to stop tweeting comes after Elon Musk labeled it state-affiliated media. Well, yeah. isn't it? They did the same thing to BBC. Isn't it state-affiliated, though? Well, we it's talk government about radio. I believe so. Well, they're we arguing talk- that it's taxpayers, so it's actually no, public. No, it's not public radio. It's state-owned. Oh, I Andy. agree. I remember one time we went to a party at, a, at an attorney's office downtown Minneapolis. And it was a very fancy office space. They were, it was like an open house for their new office space. We went in there, and first of all, some guy was trying to extort me to watch my car on mm. Hennepin Avenue for me. Oh, he, sure. need, he needed a 20, so yep. nothing would happen to my car. And I was like, okay, that's great. And this is way <clears throat> before the riots or anything else. Right. So, anyway, so I'm like, oh, this is starting out well. So I go up there and, um, all the women are like Barbie dolls. They're all blonde. They're all, they've all got bolt-on boobs. And they're all somehow interjecting the fact that they only listen to NPR. I'm sure. To me, because they know who you are. Oh, okay. So they have to come and tell me that they're, you know, they yeah. were like, I am I am intellectually superior to you because you're married to this <laughs> man who does a morning radio show. And I was like, so where do you all live? And they're like, Orono, Wayzata. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. I can't I take it. Oh, they're the most disgusting people on earth. And they've always okay. been Whoa. the most disgusting. Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> Dad. Whoa. Wow. Well, they I, are. I don't know I if they're, don't, the yeah. dis- they're the most predictable people on <clears throat> planet earth. But I don't know about the most disgusting. Well, they're disgusting. <laughs> well, they're they don't awesome. murder anybody. Yeah. Actually, they do. <laughs> oh. oh, this is Breaking news. news. Yeah. Please? Look, I'm just saying this. Where's all the anger right now? Who's more pissed off than anybody in America right now? That is true. You? (laughs) I was going to take your side, Tom. I'm disgusted. I am not pissed off. I'm disgusted with this. Nothing is ever right. Everything's horrible. They hate everything. They hate everyone. They can't wait to tell you how much they hate. As long as they're not standing right in front of them, they'll tell you how much they hate you. I'm sick to death of it. i got to be honest again, and I'm very serious about this. There are people I don't like. There are people I don't like a lot, but I don't hate anybody because it's a waste of my time and energy. Why would I bother hating anyone? 
right? <clears throat> exactly. You can, if you don't like somebody, you can unfollow, you can not yeah. turn the radio on, you can literally just avoid that person and your life will be so much better. But people definitely lean into the, I hate you and now I have to be obsessed with your every being. So I can confirm that I still hate you. Yeah. <laughs> so there you In go. In case you were wondering. <clears throat> now, that's all I'm saying. It's like, I literally, uh, the last couple of days on the on the morning show, I've been saying, look, I, I think it, as I go on in life, I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can. If there's anything I can do to get these people to stop puking up hatred all over one another, we don't look good right now to the rest of the world. Uh, witness France, witness Brazil. They're all going to China. <clears throat> To partner up with them now because what what would you do? All you see is a bunch of very wealthy people because America is still very wealthy and a bunch of very wealthy people who cannot stop hating everybody else. No wonder they look at everybody else for leadership, right? Yeah, and I think it doesn't help either that our leadership in the past and even now isn't necessarily the most uh, with it and wow and impressive that we've had. I couldn't agree more on that one. I just I, the politics right now is it's not about serving the people. It's about making money. That's all. That's all those people. I mean, people have become billionaires by being president of the United States now. I find that disgusting as well. Are you serving the people or are you trying to make money? Which one are you doing? We oh. have a phone call. Who do we have a phone call from? Hello, who is it? Hey, this is Tim. Tim, I've been out listening. Go ahead, Tim. I've been listening to you guys talk about that topic about God. Tom brings up about how he wants to know why everybody is so angry. And I think, well, honestly, I kind of look, I think it's pretty cool that, you know, you're, in a way, you're kind of reporting the news, but you're taking a different approach on it. That mm -hmm. really kind of intrigued me. And I mean, I've listened to the KQ show forever, and I was really bummed to hear that you were leaving. But when I found out you had your podcast, I was super happy. Well, it's very so nice, Tim. Thank you. I think it's an accumulation of things, Tom. I mean, it's it makes this whole cell phone thing. You can't go anywhere without seeing somebody glued to their phone. Yep. I think it's a slippery slope with that that whole instant gratification now, and being able to post. Everything you do online, it's kind of like keeping up with the Joneses has gotten extreme. Mm -hmm. And then you take into an account these last few years, everybody's been just getting hammered on in the media because they're glued to the news trying to find out something during COVID. On top of it, the people that are running this country that should be setting an example instead yes. of ripping us off are just negative. And the news it doesn't want to lose the money they've been making these last few years. And I think the one big thing that's come out of this COVID thing that's really bad is it's taught our politicians how to make money even more so out of a really yep. bad situation. And the media is going to just exploit that. Tim, and, you're absolutely I, right. The local news two weeks ago... I got up and I, I drive for a living and I had to I wanted to watch the weather. And you said this I think about a month ago the news the news is going down it's on a real decline. Well, it's and horrible. they came up with that idea weather first 
that's the only reason people watch the news now, and then they get sucked in after the weather. That's why they do the weather first. Now. <laughs> I like. That, I mean, man. honestly, and because and I noticed the other morning, it's gotten so bad they can't even go and do a do a segment in between their lives. They had this thing where they were promoting this new new committee that's in Minneapolis trying to get business built back up. Oh, sure, yeah. And it was a, a five-minute segment about what they're doing and how what their approach is going to be. They ended <clears throat> talking about it, and five minutes, not even five minutes goes by, and they're, they're reporting about a violent crime in North Minneapolis. <laughs> it's just sad, isn't it? Tim, I, we, we literally... We've got to go shoulder to shoulder and say enough of the hatred, enough of all your. Yeah, I know you think you're a tough guy until you meet a tough guy. I mean, it's just how. Calm down. Let's try to work it out, talk it over. I don't have to agree with you. You don't have to agree with me. But we don't have to hate one another over it. That's ridiculous. Right, and I think I think a lot of it too. Because I I wondered about this for years as a bartender because I I had to get out of that because I was just tired of it. You watch people night after night, and you start to wonder what makes them tick, and you start thinking about it. Well, you know that saying, uh, you only, when someone says, you only remember the bad times? Well, the yeah. brain is wired to deflect negativity. It's, it's like a self-protection mode. Well, if you're constantly activating that, you're not going to realize when you're starting to get angry about something... And most of the time, I've even, I've seen it where I've seen good people, I mean, just these last few years, really go down the negative, the negative road. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, it, it, no it's doubt. Sad. And they don't even realize that they've gotten that way. They think they're the same old person. Because everything is social media to them now. The real world is now just yeah. social media. That's all it is. It's all about getting likes and whatever else you can get. Yep. Well, Tim, I, I'm, thank you so much for listening to this show. Thank you for listening to the morning show. The morning shows and this show are doing really, really well. It started uh, about mid-February. Everything's just kicking ass because people like you, Tim, so thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. I, Who do you guys think, Tim? I was very that impressed was that he could uh, talk on the phone while also landing his spacecraft on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I hope he's not like, on break at work because he's right. getting well, fired. I thought he was backing up a truck the entire time. I was about to be like, <laughs> just, your burrito's warmed up. He's just going backwards <laughs> down yep, the highway the entire <laughs> conversation. That's exactly so, it. And to like piggyback kind of off what he's saying where like, you know, your brain kind of deflects the negative and mm -hmm. like there's more positive things going, going on. 
Like right. they, especially like the downtown area, people were always like, oh, it's so dangerous and you know, you can't go out downtown. Like what was it, Tuesday night? I went out for a walk because it was like one of the first warm nights, took my dog for a walk, walking around like the Stone Arch Bridge and all over downtown. And like, it's not like the world is definitely more positive than people want to give it credit for. Like Good. we, you know, we're walking down the street and you'll see, you know, people of every race, color, whatever, like you have people dancing in the street, listening to music, just enjoy being outside. So I think like if you go out in the world and want to see the good in people and see the good that's out there, you'll see it. But when, yeah, you're on social media all the time, focusing on the negative, that's just what your life becomes consumed with. So I think like people need to just put the phones down for 10 minutes and just go enjoy life. Well, there's also a lot of other factors going wrong with cities and it's mm -hmm. not, it's not just crime. It is definitely crime is huge, but over 2 million people fled um, America's largest cities from 2020 to 2022. <laughs> Um, and a lot of that had to do with remote work, because when you just don't have people, half yep. of, apparently in a lot of large cities, half of the office space is now empty. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. Tar it. Target got rid of a bunch yeah. of their office space, because yeah, hardly all those places, anybody goes yeah, in you anymore. Don't, yeah, you don't have people going in early and going <clears throat> out to breakfast. You don't have people going out to lunch. You don't have people mm -hmm. shopping on their breaks. You yep. don't have people staying after work for happy hour. I mean, that's going to affect... Cities dramatically, because if you don't have people walking around and doing stuff, and most people do their remote work from, on Mondays and Fridays, so that they don't have to commute Monday, you know, sat, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, they have four full days away from commuting. So it's a huge nice break, and that, that they're not coming downtown on the weekends because people are afraid of the crime. The only thing that has kept any city's <clears throat> populations from plummeting really badly have been the influx of immigrants. And I'm not sure if those, if the new immigrants are contributing a lot to the economy because they probably don't have jobs yet and they're probably yeah. being housed. So, I mean, the new, the new York mayor just said <clears throat> the immigrants, the small amount of immigrants that have been sent there compared to the city's population are breaking the system. Really? Yeah. He's complaining, complaining that it's breaking the system. So, I mean, you just have the taxes are so high. It's very expensive to live in the city mm, centers. Yeah. That hasn't come down for some strange reason. Um, it's just it's just a whole different world now. And I don't know if it's going to come back because most people do not want to go back to the office full time. They just don't. They stole that idea from me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you've been a remote worker for a long time. Well, I feel Not like it's too. hard because, you know, I know somebody, I know a couple of people that are job hunting right now. And <clears throat> a lot of them are like, well, it's hard to, because if you apply for a remote only job, you're in such a bigger pool of people. Yeah. Because anybody, the entire country. Yeah. Anybody right. can apply for that job because you can do it from anywhere. Mm -hmm. But if you do hybrid or in office, then it's a much, much smaller pool of people. So it has its advantages. But at the same time, it's like once you've worked from home. And I mean, my husband, Dan, works from home and he is a little bit like, I got to get out of this basement <laughs> and so, like, this week it's been really nice because he's been working in our porch. Because he just, you know, he's like, I just am in our basement by myself all day long. And he's a very social person. And so, I don't know. There's pros and cons. 
But I do feel like some people are going to start wanting to go back to the office in like a, eventually. I don't know. Well, gas prices were definitely a huge <clears throat> factor, too, when things were getting around five bucks a gallon. Nobody wanted to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just the hybrid model seems to be what most people want to do because then they have a mix of yeah, going like the to the office of and talking to people and being able to brainstorm and, and do that kind of thing. But if you've got the kind of job, which most jobs are now, is sitting in front of a computer, staring at a screen all day, yeah. you don't really need to be in the office. Yeah, and then there's some people like Andy. I, I know you'll take this the way that I mean it, is you would love to just work from home and never go into an Absolutely. office and talk to people. Like, that's your dream, mm -hmm. you know. But Dan is very, very social, and so he's like, I just am I don't so think most people could handle that kind of lifestyle. Being. Just not ever going into work? Yeah. No. I think most people would say that sounds great yeah. until you're until they do months it into it, and yeah. you're like, yeah, I definitely miss that connection. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, so what, I've got, you know, Melissa's there, Ethan's there, we go into town all the time. Yeah. I don't know. What's there to miss? Yeah, yeah I don't know. but I you're just go see mom and dad every week. Yeah, you're just you're very much a homebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're not social, really. No, not really. So it's like that's great for you. <laughs> I just don't get how it's like. How is going somewhere like multiple times a week not enough? How do you still need to go into work? I don't. I need to. I cannot. If I am in my house for more than twenty four hours and I don't go like somewhere else, I start to lose my mind. We go places pretty much every 24 hours. But I just mean like, you know, when it was the snow days and it was like, you can't go anywhere. Mm. And all, I was just like, get me out of here. I'm going to burn this place down. Mm. Like, I have to go. <laughs> wow. I have to. I'm, I go typically like four places a day. Uh, four I don't places do a day? Yeah. Between like here, a store, taking the okay. kids somewhere. Well, yeah, I swimming. It's probably like, two or three for me. Kids have swimming lessons. I go out to dinner with a friend mm -hmm. or we go to somewhere. You know, we bounce around a lot. I don't like being home that, a ton. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, I get sick of it. And like, it's just. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are like that or have to have somebody around them all mm -hmm. the time. When I first met your father, <clears throat> he had to have somebody with him all the time. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Just had to. Yeah. Now he's such a loner. It's a <laughs> I've gone into reverse. I don't care if anybody's ever around. Now he just has his television <laughs> is all he needs. Well, I tell you, I, I was thinking about that when you guys just said. I have been working remotely for over 30 years now. Yeah, you used to have that, uh, what the hell did you call it? The, what was that line called that you used to have? Time oh, line? yeah, there was no, a line. the one before that. It was like some technology that I don't think even Oh, it was a exists. T3 or T2 or something. You mean well, that? Well, you had the T2, but then before... Fiber optics? ISDN. ISDN. The ISDN oh, line. That's going Technology that I don't think even exists anymore. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, but yeah, that was, a, that was ages ago. That was in the old house, the first house in Florida you were doing that. Yeah. Yeah. 30 years ago, yeah. Yeah. 25 years ago. You there. were doing it from the mudroom slash shoe closet that you turned into a <laughs> little a laundry studio. room that I had to take the washer and dryer out of yep. and put in the garage. It was so the only place he could have done it. To do it. So I had a studio, that's exactly right. I guess he right. could have done it from the under the <clears throat> stairs closet. Yeah. But there was a reason for me doing that, and there's still a reason for me doing it today. Well, not so much with the Hubbard organization, because I don't work for them. I work with them, so I don't really have a boss. Although Amy Daniels. 
whether I admit it or not, she is my oh, boss. Yeah, she runs the show. She's a real. There's no yeah. question. She's about a real hard. Somebody's ass. got to. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> got to get it done. But I, I've always been very, very honest about that. It has nothing to do with coworkers. It's got to do with management. I just do not get along with management, and I think that's pretty much every job I've ever had. To tell you the truth. Well, the one nice thing about your like obviously doing a radio show, even though you're working remotely, you're still interviewing guests, you're communicating with people on a regular basis. Right. So it's still yeah, you're true. getting that interpersonal communication and connection. That is That's true. A very good point. Plenty yeah. of talking on this show. Yes. Not from me. The rest of you, yes, but not me. Mm-hmm. You know. Hmm. Um. What? Yes. Sorry, I just saw something. <laughs> what? What did you see? Okay, so. Uh-oh. This guy got bitten by a nurse shark. Nurse shark. Okay. And now he's a nurse? He does exactly the right thing by not panicking. Could mm-hmm. have been much worse, but it was only a test bite. A test bite. Oh. And the nurse <laughs> like cats shark. Yeah, let sharks go do, do that. Immediately. They do. They do like they bite uh. gently to see if you're food or not. And if you're not, then they just leave. Well, but this wouldn't guy's a human like snorkeling be food? with like no. five nurse no. sharks that are pretty good sized and just laying around like la ti da. And it's like, okay, maybe you don't panic, but maybe you swim away from maybe you the leave. pod of sharks. Yeah. Somebody sees him I getting would. bitten in there. He's just like, no, 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 no. It's yeah. just a test bite. It's just, everybody relax. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He didn't oh, really man. mean it. Yeah. What happens if all of them decide to test bite you at the same time? Yeah, well, aren't nurse sharks like. Oh, oh. What kind of hell? gentle compared to other sharks? Like, if you had to get bitten by one. The nurse yeah, thing? yeah they are apparently. I'm not going to wait around. I'm swimming oh, away. Not. I'm going elsewhere. What, what is going on? What are you Sorry. doing, Mom? Good God. That was, it was the, I thought I had my sound off. The it was Jaws the video of the guy. It was no. the video of the guy getting chomped. It chomped his hand pretty well, I have to say. Ouch. Oh. And then you're bleeding, and doesn't that make sharks go insane? Only some sharks. Oh, great Nurse lights. sharks are apparent. They're basically like the golden retrievers of sharks, apparently. <laughs> oh, okay. They just kind of, you know, hang Gentle out, sharks. don't do anything. Mm. Except for bite you on the hand for fun. No, so does Hobbs, so. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, true. it's also a cat oh, thing. Gonna like, I'm going to bite you and see what happens. Just for no reason at all. <laughs> Although I know someone that was followed by a nurse shark, and his wife got out of the water and got back in the boat, and so did everybody else. Was not a nurse shark. That's what I heard. It was a gray shark. It was a gray shark. Yes, and it was huge. You never even saw it. I never saw it. Nope. It followed me all the way I tried to save you, but you wouldn't listen. (laughs) Oh, I tried to save you. Yes, I'll get up in the boat and try to save you, Tom. A gray reef shark? Yeah, it was a giant gray shark. It was longer than your dad. Yeah, gray, gray, gray reefs sharks are about six feet long. Yeah, yeah it was huge. Somebody's got to get in the boat and make sure that somebody lives to tell. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, what happened was I saw the shark swimming behind him, and I and I pointed up. You know, like you're supposed to. That which oh, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, like go you're to supposed the boat. To say, go up so I can tell you that there's a shark behind you right. and swim. And then I. I pointed, and then he's like, he says, oh, he has the okay sign. I'm like, no. And I do the no, no, <laughs> up, up. And he's like, okay. I'm like, okay, he's not getting this. I don't know what to do with this man. So I point behind him, and he turns the wrong way and sees nothing. <laughs> Never saw And does an really? okay again. So I try to, like, make a fearful face in my mask. Mm. I'm like, ah! Trying to do a fin. I'm trying to, like, you know relay terror through a mask and he still didn't get it so i went up 
and was hoping that he would follow me in, and he didn't. Okay. So I took really off my mask, and I yell, shark, my husband's down here, there's a shark, and like three of the tourists jump in to see the shark. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, well, they've got four people to choose from now, so I don't know who's going to look tastier to the shark. I just, I've done what I can. <laughs> Oh, dear. I didn't know what else to do. It is true. I never saw not one bit of that shark, and apparently it followed me all the way back to the boat. And then when I got up on the boat and you know started climbing up the ladder, it just swam and swam away. I guess. Yeah, it liked you. Like I never it didn't saw give it. you a test bite somewhere. No. Well, sharks generally won't bother humans because they know better. Sharks want to go yeah. for easy prey. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all predators yeah. really do. They want to go for the thing that they know, which mm-hmm. for sharks is going to be like smaller seals. fish. Not something yeah, that is yeah. wearing all sorts of weird, you know, yeah. gear yeah. that they've never seen before. They don't know what this thing is, what it can do. Why bother it? Yeah. So Makes it's basically sense. like politicians in America. No, oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God in heaven. Of. How do you always I'm find impressed. a way? I am thoroughly impressed. Mm-hmm. We should have a point system of how wild dad segues back to politics are yeah that was like a eight uh, out of ten yeah. i said politicians not politics there's a oh, big no. difference okay so different sorry 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 my yeah, mistake very different situation okay. totally different yeah. there's no doubt about it great Boy, I'm looking at the news today. Not a whole lot of good news in the news today, I'll tell you that. Holy God. I read a story about a dog that was rescued in England that was addicted to alcohol. What? The dog? Yes, the dog. You sure it wasn't in Ireland? (coughs) No, it was in England. (laughs) It was an Irish setter. (laughs) It was a chocolate lab, and his owner died, and the rescue people went in to get the dog, and so the owner was giving it alcohol then must have been huh God. yeah and then well, dogs do they, like beer so yeah and it had like the dt's yikes yeah they were like they had no idea what was going on with the dog and we're like we think this is like withdrawal from alcohol and so he had to go really? through treatment hmm. for alcohol withdrawal and now he's fine and happy and great i wonder if the owner also had like alcohol i'm issues. guessing there must have been oh, yeah. a lot of alcohol consumption yeah. going oh, on he's if a you're teetotaler giving, if you're, i don't drink at all just like <laughs> yeah. just this but is all for my dog over here <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he is he is he's out of control he's a drunk a lousy drunk a drunk a drunk dog i know you well, have that, to just wonder what that yeah uh yeah. <laughs> well, I my guess is the guy always drank alone, and he got sick of drinking alone, so he had his dog start drinking with him. I guess. He was pouring one out, and the dog just drank it off the floor. That, that makes me think <clears throat> of Joey Diaz would tell a story oh, about God. how he did coke with his cat once. Okay. <laughs> a cat on coke would be the most unpleasant <laughs> thing. Not okay. That's not like, okay. Yeah, just gave him, gave him a little bump. He screamed and ran into the other room. I was like... Which yeah, I'm sure wasn't happy about that. You can't give that. your cat coke. No. I'm surprised he didn't have some knocks on his door for right. admitting that. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't have some yeah. skin missing from him <laughs> after the cat freaked out on coke. Right. Yeah. No, and I guess for news stories that are good, there was a lady that paid, like went broke paying for her daughter's cancer treatment. And then on the last day of her chemo, ended up winning $2 million in the lottery. Well. What? Yeah. Cool. So there's good karma out there in the world, Tom. There's good news stories. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. We got to pick it up from the rest of the world. In the United States right now, it's it's in my life at an all-time low. 
But um, I, I just think it makes you look really. If you're that easily easily going to hatred, you're you look very vulnerable. The United States is very vulnerable right now. I will warn you of that. That is true. Right. Yeah, it definitely feels like overall is like just a powder keg of yep. emotion that's always like on the verge of going off, which is not a good yeah, state to no be. Doubt. Such is life. Such is life is all I'm going to say. Okay, is anybody going to go see Super Mario? Eventually. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't I think heard so. It's good. I'd see it. Uh, that would be something that I'm like, if it were on an airplane, I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'll watch that. That's how we watched Frozen too. Yeah, I think I'm more interested in the Nike movie. There's a, a Nike, Nike movie. movie. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, that's the coming Nike out. Shoes. Yep, yeah, that's coming it's out. Called Air or something. Yep, oh, that doesn't sound interesting. Are they owning up to the slave labor thing? <laughs> yeah, what is it about? Probably, skip probably over not. That. I think it's just about skip like their that? origin story and like kind of how they got, how it went from a brand that was nothing until they got Michael Jordan and then took off. But uh, yeah, I think they'll leave the child labor and slave labor out. It's about yeah. the Air Jordan specifically. Us. Yeah. Yes. Called air. Yep. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I guess it's pretty good. I, I know a couple of people that saw the previews of it and they, they really liked it. So that's good, right? I didn't even know that this was a thing. What are you going to do? Uh, Mario, Madonna, and Mariah have entered the national audio canon. Madonna's star making 1984 album Like a Virgin, Mariah Carey's 1994 holiday a perennial All I Want for Christmas is You, and the original 1985 theme from Super Mario Brothers are now in the U.S. national recording industry. Hmm. Isn't that nice to know, the registry? Uh, you know what songs made it? You want to hear the other ones that made it? Sure. sure. This is like the Hall of Fame of music? Yeah, what the is songs? this? Yeah. What'd you What's call it? The national U.S. What? National Recording Registry. Recording Registry. What yeah. the hell is that? Library a list of, of sound recordings that are culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Oh, okay. And or inform or reflect life <laughs> in the United States. Okay. So it's not music. It's just any sound. Huh. That. So I guess like a bald eagle screech would be in there. That's very American. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the sound of a steak on the this. grill, that'll be on there. A loon. They are going to catch hell for this list, I can guarantee you that. Okay. Listen to the list and tell me why they're going to catch hell. Okay. Okay. Deja Vu by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Synchronicity by The Police. Black Codes from Wynton Marsalis. Ode to Billy Joe by Bobby, Joe, uh, Bobby Gentry. Imagine by John Lennon, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin, Take Me Home Country Roads, John Denver, Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett, Flashdance, What a Feeling by Irene Cara, and Sweet Dreams are made of this by Eurythmics. Everybody's white. Why are they going to catch hell for this? Is it just like every song ever written on there? Or? Everybody's white? No. White? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, everyone's white. Are they? I don't even know. Wynton Marsalis is black, isn't okay. he? Okay. I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know who that are. is. Yeah. No. Mariah but Carey's this is what not. I'm telling you. It's like the whitest music of all time for Christ. Like sake. they're all like songs that are in that like Toby Keith, like "Where Were You" on 9/11 song ilk. Like it's just a very American yes. sounding songs. I yeah. suppose most of these are from 1970, <clears throat> 1971, 1971, 1971, 1977. A couple from '83, one from '85, uh, three from '83, and one from '85. Well, considering so "Gasolina" they, by Daddy Yankees in there. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Huge it registry is? fan now. Do, 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 do. 
The song that oh made it so God. every single Spanish language song sounded exactly like Gasolina yep. for like 10 years. Pretty <laughs> hey, hey, Every last one. That's that, the Macarena. That is Macarena. Yep. Close <laughs> Macarena. Hey, Gasolina. Hey. I like that version okay. more. Can we get that one? Let's <laughs> get a reggaeton <laughs> version of That's the probably Macarena. probably in there. <laughs> Oh yeah, the macarena probably would be oh, on it's there. Yeah. You, you'd Let's have see. a sensation. Maca... Nope, not what? on oh, there. The really? macarena? Shocking. But gasolina somehow yeah, made it. Interesting. Hey, I have to. <laughs> we need to save that soundbite. <laughs> yeah, we need to. I need to play gasolina for Dad now, so he actually. You've heard it, I'm sure. Yeah. I, what is? It? I don't. I, I don't recognize. Oh. Is this it? Yep. Yeah. This is it. Wait until the reggaeton beat comes in. Yeah. Just <laughs> Yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh, Tom, it's not open a good your mind. Song. Wait for the chorus. There it is. Yeah. That's the and nobody song. knows the words until no. right here. Gasolina. Gasolina. Yeah, this was the song everyone our age listened oh to. Oh my gosh, Daddy Yankee. Music. Yep. Uh, and to this day, Daddy you can play Yankee. that at a club, and it will everybody will yeah. lose their minds. Well, Daddy Yankee, yeah. I'm trying to think of every all the songs because he had he had a few. A few. He went like I feel like the mid 2000s. He was huge. He was like kind of like Pitbull before Pitbull yeah, yeah. like took off. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Grompe. Grompe, yep, that there we one. go. That one. <laughs> what was are you big. talking about? Rompe, rompe, rompe. Yep. 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 <laughs> and then what was he in Despacito? Uh no, no. I don't no? think so. That was I don't know who that was. But yeah, it wasn't him. I'm trying to think of Despacito was by Louis Fonzi. He's in it. He is. is? He? I'm, I'm looking on oh, okay. Spotify right now, and it says oh, Louis yeah, Fonzi, Daddy, Daddy Yankee. Yankee. Oh well, there you, go. there you go. And then Justin Bieber. Yeah, Justin Bieber did the remix. Did the remix Bieber. thing. He's yeah. like the new Enrique Iglesias. Oh, Enrique. <laughs> oh, God. God love you. Okay. Wait, was he the well. take your clothes off and go dancing in the rain guy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's the one. That's him. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. 
how does anybody like that? Not, I guess if you're Spanish <laughs> and there's a cultural <laughs> That's a good there. question, to how be honest. How does anybody you like know, it? It's part of your culture, then I guess maybe you'd like it, but mm-hmm. it's horrible music. Oh, think of how many hits it's, are horrible. That's well, true. Yeah. A lot yeah. of bad popular music, music is well, bad. And here's the thing. Everything by Madonna is terrible. That's well, true. And similar Huge. to what we were talking about with Ralph yesterday with the movies, some movies you go into and you're like, this is going to be dumb, but I just mm-hmm. want to watch a dumb, fun movie. Yeah. Same thing exactly. with music. Like, I listen to some, if I sat down and listened to some songs that I love and just was like, is this a good piece of (laughs) music? (laughs) No, absolutely not. It's terrible. But if I am just listening to it because I want to listen to something fun, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I like to imagine a bunch of like... Mexican scholars sitting around listening to Gasolina like people listen to classical music. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yes, yeah, the arpeggio like, in this part is apart. sublime. Taking apart sublime the It's really funny, That's... though, because my kids have started to get into, like, popular music because Fawn hears all these yep. songs that girls oh, sure. are dancing to at, like, dance competitions mm-hmm. and at the studio, mm-hmm. like... Somebody is dancing to Vegas by Doja Cat. Okay. Mm, and yep. she loves that song. And I'm like, this is not like a great song for a six-year-old to be listening to. Absolutely but I'm like, not. she doesn't understand no, it. So no. she and I, she's like, can you play? She now calls it her jam. Her jam. And so we'll be in the car and she'll be like, can you play my jam? And she like dances around to it. And I'm like, she has no clue what it says. It's I don't fine. think I understood a single song lyric until I was like 25. Right. Oh my gosh. I think about, like, if you go on Instagram, there's all these things about, like, actually listening to the songs of mm-hmm. our youth. Yeah. Even Most when of we were, the songs, yeah. Even when we were teenagers, like, you didn't really listen no, to the words. Never. And then now you're no. listening to it as an adult, and you're like, oh, my, what? The yeah. one that sticks out to me is, like, Shaggy Wasn't Me. Yes. Like, loved that song. It was a great kid. song. Everybody and then now looking back at it, I was like, I, I can't know. believe it's, like, yeah, absolutely yeah, not. not a good message. Not a, no. Thong all. song? <laughs> Huge well, hit. Yeah. But uh, what? Why were we listening to that? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's... Although today's music is definitely more in your face. Yeah. It's not like, there's not yes. metaphors. Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. trying to hide it. It's yes. just, we're out here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And once again, why is that? Because <clears throat> they can. I want to push the because envelope. Because that's how everybody, everybody's taken on uh, a, a kind of a streaming personality now. They're constantly streaming something. Uh, it's like I said, everybody's looking for likes or downloads or yeah, whatever. That's true, clicks, whatever. Clicks, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So in your real life, you're thinking, well, if they like me, it'll be kind of like a click. I mean, literally, that's how they think now. Mm. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, and it probably the industry. Yeah, and it probably started, too, once you had more outlets than just radio, where you, you're not allowed to curse on the radio, and now the, right. even those rules are yeah. starting to get relaxed. So I think, yeah, it's <laughs> overall trying to just let people express themselves more, which music just takes to the extreme. Yeah, every medium yeah. does that to some degree. I mean, remember, I specifically remember some point, I think it was probably like 15 years ago, the FCC relaxed some of their rules for what you could say in movies, mm-hmm. or in, mm-hmm. in TV specifically. <clears throat> um, it didn't y- used to be that you could call someone a dick in TV mm-hmm. because it's like sexual, but then they relaxed that rule. The next year, every TV show yeah. had someone calling yeah. someone else a dick. Yeah, every just, single yeah. one. We couldn't do this, and now we yeah, can, and it's exciting. It's so exciting that we can do this now, so we yeah, all have to yeah. do it. Yeah, even PG. PG, I think you can say the F word. That's PG-13. Once. once. That's PG-13. Well, no. PG, it used to, used to be able to say it. Be- Beetlejuice, Fawn watched on the airplane, and he yeah. says it in there once. Are, yeah. And it, I was like, oh, it's yeah, PG. Movies. You can watch it. I was like, oh, okay. This is not appropriate. Yeah, movies have gone through a strange fluctuation where 
where it's like PG <clears throat> meant for children yeah. and then it meant for like teenagers and mm. then it's children again. It's like they can never decide what PG really even means. I know in like TV shows there's Y7, which is like seven, seven years year old. old. Yeah. But then I watch some of it and I'm like, why are the it's all like 13 year old girls being mean to each other? Like, yeah. why would my seven year old watch this? Well, that's how that's like not high school and middle school dramas always were yes it was a bunch yeah. of like 65 oh, year olds pretending to be 14 it's like right, what are you doing oh, my, oh yeah like gossip girl right. everybody's yeah. mean like girls. no one mean believes girls. that you're actually 14 years old yeah although degrassi that was like the big one when i was mm-hmm. younger which is where drake started mm-hmm. that was drake that was drake he was well he didn't start out in a wheelchair oh. and then there was a school shooting and then he ended up in a wheelchair oh, oh school um, shooting there's some entertainment yep and um i watched that a ton but i I think all the like all those people were the appropriate age. Yeah? Because I think Drake's about my age. Well let's see. Drake is in the singer. I not Drake and Josh. No, oh, no, no. Okay. not him. Well though I think they're similar. Great reference. Similar age, I'd say. Uh Drake is my age. Almost exactly. He's two days older than me. Oh really? Really? Oh funny. Well look at that. And how old is Drake of Drake and Josh? Drake? Now I wanna know. What the hell is his last name? Drake um, Bell. Bell. Bell, Didn't go. he go nuts? Yes. Yeah. I believe, yeah, he might have and done Josh some unsavory things. Josh is like super things. cool now. Yep. Drake Bell is also my age, but by four months. Okay. Wait, I was going to say, I think they're probably about like the same age. And then Josh is Peck. Josh Peck, Josh yeah. Peck, also my age. Well, so there, there you, you go. go. It's a good age to be. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Great age. Great age. Anyway, so yeah, they were all the appropriate age when I was watching those shows. Now, I feel well, like it's when I was in college, like Gossip Girl. Yeah, Drake and Josh started in 2004, and so they would have been 18. Yeah. So that, yeah, that makes sense, I suppose. Yeah. Wait, were they supposed to be in, they were in high, like school, high school, right? They were yeah. in high school, so yeah. They were, so yeah. a little bit younger. But if I mean, they would have been like, you know, juniors or seniors, then it's plausible yeah but now everybody in every show like i'm trying to think of the popular high school shows now 13 reasons why they're all like in their t- mm-hmm. late 20s early 30s mm-hmm. um what's that one euphoria everybody's like yeah. late 20s mm-hmm. early 30s um Ginny and georgia those kids are all older i'm trying to think of the things that my friends say that they watch <laughs> it's like you're on a roll <laughs> with kids in high school yeah but they're all Old, much older, which is interesting. I should mention, Alex. Yes. That <laughs> Brittany went on a on a little speech today about your daughter on the morning show. Mm-hmm. Oh dear, what what did she say? Essentially, she your daughter's like, a mob boss. Is what she, yeah. Yes. Well, I that's mean, basically what yes. she said. That's yes. true. Yes. What did she I say? I can see it. She said that basically, when you go over to Alex's house, that six-year-old, about to be seven-year-old, Fawn, will take you aside. And kind of lay down the rules of the house to you. You can do this. You can't do that. I guess Fawny goes around telling people, "Ah, oh, that's not okay to do. do this instead of that." Because this is apparently she's running your. Did you know she was running your house? Oh yeah, she'll tell everybody what's what. Absolutely. <laughs> which I which I think is great. I'm like she's she's very small for her age, so I've always been kind of like you need to. Be upfront with people and straightforward. And if you, if there's somebody that's bothering you, because I'm like, I don't want people to take advantage of her because she's small, right. type thing. And like yesterday at swimming, Dan took them because I had a haircut, and I was like, Well, how did swimming go? And Dan's like, Oh, there was this new kid that was like just bothering her and just splashing, and he sat right next to her, and she's like, and he was like, and she looked right at him and went, Stop! Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> 
You go, girl. <laughs> I was like, fantastic. Like, yes. she does not put up with anything. And we went to ECFE when, <clears throat> I think we started when she was about two. No, we started when she was younger. But then I had to stop because I got pregnant with Sage and was super sick. So we went back mm. when she was two. And there was this really big kid in that class. And she's very small. And she was playing with something. It was a cookie. A fake cookie because she was in like the little play kitchen and the big kid took the cookie away from her and Mm -hmm. she looked right at him the teacher was like she looked at him dead in the eye ripped the cookie out of his hand and didn't say a (laughs) word and just was staring at him Mm -hmm. like get away from me and then he just walked away (laughs) and so the teacher was like i think she's gonna be okay yeah so yeah she is kind of a mob boss yeah she she does torture her brother too with with his toys yeah. Non-stop. You know, because yeah. she doesn't really care about toys. Mm. Like, Sage really likes toys, mm-hmm. but Fawn doesn't really care about toys. And But every once in a while, she's just like, I'm going to mess with him. <laughs> I feel yeah, I'm was, bored. I'm going to do this now. She was going on and on about about <clears throat> going to your house and you have to meet with security. And other, also known <laughs> oh. as, as Fawn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's she like, does security oh. for the house. It's hilarious. Yeah, she's like, if you go to Bloomington and you don't pay your respects to Fawn, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be bad news for you. Expects an envelope of cash. Go kiss the ring. Brittany, come over here for a second. I like your shirt, but I think you should button one more button. (laughs) (laughs) What? I guess she tells her all kinds of, you're doing this wrong. You should do it this way. It's funny. She's got different relationships with different people. She, She, Mom, she has a very, she is very different to you than anyone else. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know what it is. You two have some sort of strange thing. It's I don't know what it is about you two. I know. It's hilarious. Like what? What, what happened? Well, she, likes to, she likes to take things from our house and sort of redecorate it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like, I'll find a photo in another room, and it's like, oh, that was fun. She did that. <laughs> and she sometimes hides things. That sounds like he does. Yeah, she does. She does, and and she will not tell you where it is, and you find it like months later. Mm-hmm. And she, she takes, just does, and she takes strain. your stuff all the time. She yeah, she likes to take all of my hair things. She yeah. does. And yeah, it used to be your water bottles. She used, used to take to, your yeah. water bottles. I had to have all my water bottles. Now, if she's in the house, I have nothing to tie my hair back with. They're all gone. <laughs> and no she, bobby pins left. I don't know where. She went into your closet since you've been gone and took like a shawl of yours, and she's just like every once in a while we'll just wear it around the house. <laughs> yeah, mm. I don't know. She's got the shawl, does she? That's she how Ethan her, is. It's just, her way of saying she loves me, yeah. but I don't know. Go yeah. randomly take an item and put it somewhere else. Put it in something else. Yeah. You know, he's putting yeah, things like, in shoes. He's putting shoes in shoes. Shoes in shoes. <laughs> you know. The shoe should go in, inside of the shoe. Yes, that's where, you know, their shoes. They like belongs with like, I suppose. Kids are very funny. They it's, are funny. Yeah, I know. And Fawn and Sage are so, so, so different. Oh, yeah. Like what, Sage no, is, what? I say that Fawn is my cat and Sage is my dog. Yes. Well, usually girls sense. are more yeah. like cats and boys are more like dogs. Although Andy, it was the opposite. Mm-hmm. I was the dog and he was the cat. Yep. Yeah, that is true. After a certain age. Yes. I was very extremely hyperactive until I was probably like 12, 13. True. And I was like afraid of everyone. Yeah, and then it switched. And then I completely hmm. 180'd that some, for some reason. 
What did Sage say the other day about don't walk near me or what was that? I don't want any humans near me. I don't want any. I don't want any humans. No near humans me. are allowed near me, but dogs are still okay. Okay. I mean, I get it. I, I, I do know, too. I can relate to that. Yeah, like it's yeah. sometimes it's just far. the way it is. I, I want to be wonderful. away from all humans. Oh my gosh. Oh my. <laughs> last night we had a little bit of a dramatic experience with Birch and Fawn. Uh-oh. So oh. Birch goes underneath Fawn's bed when he wants to be left alone. Oh, okay. And the farther under her bed he goes, the more alone he wants to be. Sometimes his okay. feet are, like, poking out. Sometimes his head's poking out. But if he's really back there, it's like, leave him alone. Yeah. And Fawn and I were reading, and then she decided to go under the bed to visit Birch. And then he growled at her. Which he has never done before. And it's very weird that he would do that. And then she started sobbing. And she was like, why did he growl at me? I was like, I think he was maybe nervous because it's a really small space. And he didn't want, like, it's just too many people, like, bodies in a small area. And he also goes under there to be alone. I don't know. And then she was like, I think he hates me. (laughs) And it was this whole thing. And then Birch would not come out from under the bed. (laughs) I was asking him. He wouldn't even look at me. I think he was upset with himself. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I have to emotionally regulate my dog and my child. (laughs) And I'm tired. Can we just get it together, people? And then Fawn was like, here, let's watch videos of Birch. And I'll talk about how cute he is. And it'll make him feel better. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, sure, why not? Sounds good. And so she went on and on about how cute he was. And then she, like, just poked her head under the bed. And then she was like, Birchie, come here. And he crawled out from under the bed all fast. And then she sat down on the floor. And she was like, I know you were just nervous. I forgive you. (laughs) And then I was like, I think you can pet him now. I think he's feeling okay. And then she gave him a little pet on the head. And he, like, dove into her body. And, yeah, it was, I was like, you too. Birch is pretty sweet. (laughs) Usually when dogs are reclusive, it's because they're, they're usually in pain. Or they have to go to the bathroom. Or they're scared of something. Or they're afraid of something. It's usually Mm -hmm. something is wrong. When a dog is, like, whenever Jude is going to throw up, Mm -hmm. he goes and retreats into some corner someplace. Which is not a convenient place for him to throw up. No, No, never. Never. No, the thing is, so I put Fawn to bed every night that I'm home, and Dan puts Sage to bed. And Birch, if he wants to be with us, he'll be on Fawn's bed with us. If he wants to be kind of around us, but not right there, he lays on the ground next to the bed. If he wants to be left alone, he goes under the bed. This is just kind of the yeah. evening wind down routine of Birch. <laughs> Which is what we Very complicated yes, dog. We've, yes. we've learned to accept it. He's actually like the easiest dog of all time. Yeah, but for some reason, with, the, with Fawn's bed and pre-bed situation... And he won't allow a person to be up at night in our house without a dog near them. Like really? if I am down, if I'm downstairs and reading, mm. and May's with me, and then she's like, "Well, I'm going to bed. Good night." Birch will come down from upstairs and be like, "Well, you really? need a dog with you." Yeah. Yep. You I do need that. a dog. Yep. <clears throat> very very nice. Yeah. He's a guard dog. And 
Let me yeah. know when Laura's ready to go if you want Andy, okay? I assume she's going to be <clears throat> on StreamYard. I have no information. Great. You have no information on it. So I don't oh, have a phone number, so I'm assuming it's StreamYard. That's okay, the only thing I can do. Okay, let me email again, see if I can find it. Mom will track it down for you. I, no, I mean, that's the whole thing about having animals and all the rest of it is that exact thing right there. That human with animal contact is good for the animal, and it's good for the human, too. It's wonderful. It is. And Birch yeah, is very... Is. Birch seems to really like fawn, especially. Like, he lays on her clothes if they're around the house. He'll just lay on top of them. That's because she's less right. crazy. Because she's less... Yeah, like... Daisy sages. used to love Ethan, and now she's not such a fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Sage yeah, is kind of... Happened. And Sage is kind of indifferent about the dogs. He's like, oh, there they are. And every once in a while, he'll give them mm. a pet and be like, oh, they're so cute or whatever. But fawn is very... Like, she for lack of a better word, fawns all mm. over them. Oh, and, like, pets them a ton and talks to them mm -hmm. and tells them they're sweet and wants to take pictures of them and stuff. And so they eat it up. Yeah, and I wonder if they, like, are drawn to her more because she was the firstborn. So that it was, could, like, yeah. they're more they're used to her. Yeah. yeah. Well, May wasn't around when either That's of true. them were babies. Okay. But May had eight puppies before we adopted mm -hmm. her. And if... Either child is ever even a little bit upset. She comes running, and she comes. She's like up in their face, like, "What can I do? How can I help you? What is wrong?" <laughs> the other day, they were trying good. to get May to lay in a sunbeam with them, and they were calling her, and she wouldn't come because I was eating downstairs. Mm -hmm. And then they started to fake cry. Oh well. Because <laughs> they were like, "When we cry, right, she comes she goes. right to us," and so they're like, eh, eh, eh. "In this sunbeam, I'm like, you guys are weird." And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. We have Laura on the line. <clears throat> Marvelous. Laura Gasner otting How you doing, Laura? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm really glad to talk to you today because I've been chirping a little bit about uh, people and their attitudes right now. And, boy, you, uh, you took the bull by the horns with this one, Laura. <laughs> Gasner wrote Limitless, How to Ignore Everybody, Carve Your Own Path, and Live Your Best Life. In 2019, which land, landed on Washington Post bestseller list, was named one of Amazon's best-selling new releases. Additionally, Limitless was listed as one uh, of Good Morning America's favorite books of the year, alongside names such as Michelle Obama, Demi Moore, Howard Stern, Rihanna, and more. Best-selling author Laura Gasner Otting, uh, whose uh, book Wonder Hell, oh my God, says uh, success is wonderful, but it's also hell. I like that. That worked. I'm going to shut up now. I'm, I don't want to read anymore because I want you to tell a story. Um, but I do, I'll do. i give some stats that you put at the bottom of this, if that's okay with you, Laura. Can I do that? 
It's your show, man. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I, I already love this Don't woman. Don't tell him that. I already adore this woman. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> Seven, number one people, one number one reason people are leaving their jobs is burnout. Seventy-seven percent of people experience burnout at their current job. Ninety-one percent have unmanageable amount of stress or frustration that negatively impacts the quality of their work. Hmm. And eighty-three percent say work burnout affects their personal relationships negatively. Laura, I couldn't agree with you more. I was just talking about uh, about an hour ago about this. No, forty-five minutes ago. Uh, we are literally taking the world in, spin it around in our heads, and when we, I, there's no other way to say it, when we puke it back out, it's all negative now. Can we get past this, Laura? Yeah, I absolutely think we can. I mean, look, I think a lot of the stress that we talk about, we talk about stress as if it's this negative thing. And I think a lot of the stress we have, frankly, is self-inflicted, right? Like the doors to hell, lo they, they, they're locked from the inside. And we talk a lot about stress of like a mean boss or we're fighting with our spouse or our teenagers are rolling their eyes at us. But I think, you know, and all that stress is real, but I think there's a lot of stress that also comes from our success when we realize that we're made for more and we want to push ourselves to do even more than we've done. And so what I wanted to do with this book, Wonder Hell, was to talk about this incredible moment that's wonderful, when we've accomplished something that we didn't think we could accomplish. Maybe we got a promotion. Maybe we subbed in for a boss for a presentation. Maybe we ran a 5K and we're like eyeing the 10K. And we have this moment, like it's amazing, it's exciting, it's humbling, it's wonderful. But also in that moment, we start feeling anxiety and stress and uncertainty and doubt and fear and imposter syndrome. And we're like, wow, it's wonderful, but it's also kind of hell. It's wonder hell. I love the title, by the way. It is a great Wonder Hell is a great title. Some people think it's a science fiction book, though. Oh yeah, well, um, <laughs> that would be that. Maybe that'll be the follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Can we get past? And I, I, I do a morning show in town as well. Um, and this morning I was talking about the fact that we uh, come across as very negative in America now, much more so than I've ever seen. I'm 71 years old, so I've been around a long time. I have never, ever seen such negativity. Uh, 80 and 81 was kind of a weird period. I do remember that. And obviously, you know, the late 60s and the 70s, that was a bizarre time as well. Not as nuts as it is now. Is it because there's more media to look at or are people affected by the media and making them more negative? I mean, people love to use the word I, words I hate you now which I can't yeah. believe they even want to say that. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I was growing up, I remember telling my mother that I hated somebody in my class, and she was like, never say that word. When you say you right. hate someone, it means you wish they were dead. And now it's like hate is just it's just part of everybody's everyday lexicon and i think it's because you know if it bleeds it leads right so we have all of yeah. this media that's we get all this attention and you know studies show that people will spend more eyeball time on negative stuff on social media than they will on positive stuff and i think that we all have to make this choice like do we want to keep drinking the poison of other people's right. negativity and pessimism and hate and vitriol or do we want to actively either unfollow those people that make us feel crappy or actively follow people that make us feel better. And, you know, so there's a study, um, like Jim Rohn said, like, you're the average of the five people that you keep closest to you, which, by the way, is BS. It turns out there's no science <laughs> behind the five people. He just made that number up. But there are studies that show that say if you are, for example, obese, 
Like if your best friends are obese, you are 57% more likely that you yourself will be obese, right? 57% mm -hmm. more likely because what your friends do, you do. What they think about, you think about. What they normalize, you normalize. But what's interesting about this study is that it, your friends, quote unquote, don't have to be the people you go to dinner with every other night. They can be people that are across the country or across the world from you. If we are imbibing somebody's energy on social media, if we're watching their habits, they become our guiding light. So like I spend a lot of time carefully curating my social media feed to stay away Good. from the people, not people who I disagree with. Some of those people are great, but the mm -hmm. ones who are actively hateful and negative because that then becomes normalized for me. And I don't want to live in that world. Laura, do you mind if I take 30 seconds out? Uh, just I, maybe 15 seconds. Is that, is that okay? Again, it's your show. Let's do it. Okay. 15, 30 seconds, somewhere in there. See, family, I told you so. I've been telling them this now for I can't tell you how long. That social media is destroying the world, and we have to do something about it. We cannot allow these hateful, hate-filled, horrible people to influence us. Correct? Well... Here's what I'll disagree with you is that I'll say okay. social media can also be a, a it also can be a tool for good. So in yes. 2020, there were a lot of people that were like, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, get a vaccine, don't get a vaccine. But for so and, you know, there was it was very hateful. But for a lot of people, it was a lifeline. Right. Like think about the people who are dealing with addiction mm -hmm. or who depression or who are estranged from their loved ones who actually were able to be connected. Like think about how many people live alone. They were all by themselves in a little box of an apartment, and social media was the only lifeline they had to humanity. And so there are good uses for it. Like if yeah, we, yeah. we think about we think about people who we want to mentor us, right? Like I want to have a mentoring relationship with somebody who's amazing, but I can't get to them. But I can consume their content online every day. Those are great mentoring moments. So I think social media can be a be a source of good. We just have to use social media instead of social media using us, which is what's happening right now. That's exactly what I'm saying. Absolutely. So, yes, I guess I need to amend my statement. The fact that some people are using social media to get their pukey hatred out and it's all over everybody. No, absolutely. Hop on social social media for good. Hey, I saw your show last night. It was terrific. Oh, by the way, I ran into your brother. It's great to see him again. That's what I like it for. All this other stuff. I hate this and I hate. I don't care what you hate. Leave me alone. Right? It's true. Like, I really don't care what your opinion is about no. anything, but I want to see your kids. I want to see your fat little babies in their chunky little thighs in their, in their, uh, you know, pumpkin costumes <laughs> yep. on Halloween. I am here for your first day of school photos. I'm here to honor you when you've lost a parent, right? Like, I, that is what I'm here for because it's social. But if you think about social media, like, there are a handful, like, maybe a dozen humans on this planet who benefit. And by benefit, I mean they make billions of dollars by us being addicted to social media. And so every That's single right. thing they do is in service of us spending more time there. And if studies show that we spend more time on hate and negativity, what are they going to, what is the algorithm mm -hmm. going to give us more of? Hate and negativity. So we mm -hmm. have to be very, very careful because what we see becomes who we are. And, 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 you know, I, I, I'm 52, so I'm not 71, but I'm also not a digital native like my kids are. And so this for them is like normal. They just expect it. They go to social media to get their news about where the friends are going to college or, you know, who's playing in the game as well as who won the presidential election. Right. So for them, it's everything. And that scares me. 
Now, you mentioning that you were told never to use the word hate reminded me of something that I used to hear all the time as a kid, but I haven't thought about in probably over 20 years. And I wanted to see if you had the same experience. So when you use the word hate, what did they tell you to say instead of hate? Uh, I dislike. For me, it was strongly dislike. Yes. Every time. I don't hate broccoli. I strongly dislike broccoli. Yes. It is not. We taught our kids to say it's not to my taste. Ah, there you go. <laughs> it's not to my taste. It's, you know, it's difficult, though, because, you know, I think we also are tamping down people's feelings, right? We're telling them they can't have certain feelings, right. they can't have certain emotions. And again, like whatever side of the aisle you're on, people we're policing people's feelings. And I just, I don't know. I think we got to get out of the business of that. I mean, there's a lot of people on this planet and I think it's okay to have your people and to know who's not your people. And maybe that's all right. Laura, is it up to us then to have the, the good feelings and intelligence to get just... Totally ignore those people. You want to post that horrible, hateful stuff? Everyone should just should go out of their way to ignore those people, don't you think? You know, here's the thing about those people. I think that by posting all the horrible hatred stuff, they tell you exactly who they are. And you can choose yeah. to spend your money with their businesses. You can choose to invite them to your Christmas parties. You can choose to, you know, have your kids hang out with their kids. Or you could choose not to. And I, I, it's almost a gift to me when somebody goes on some, you know, horrible tirade about something. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's a data point. That's good to know. Because, you know, I... I I'm going to say something that's that's maybe unpopular, but I'm in favor of burning bridges sometimes. Like it takes me a long time to get there. <laughs> but when I have to burn the bridge, it is like a smoldering pile of ash. Like it's done. And, you know, if somebody says something that I consider to be exceptionally hate-filled towards a person or a population or a cause that I love, that's good for me to know. They've let me know how they feel. That's data. Data is yeah, really important. Yeah, it is data. You're right about that. And I'll, look, I'm not totally against digital, not at all. It's the way people use digital, the way we're all affected by it. Um, I just saw over the last couple of days, uh, by the way, this, this is a family podcast. My, my wife and I are on it, our son, our daughter, our very close friends. Um, but uh, I saw Andy, our son, post uh, several pictures of his son just hating sitting on the Easter Bunny's lap. That he <laughs> did hate. That, that went beyond strong dislike. Yes, yes. But see, but I'm, but I'm there for those photos of your kids like having a total meltdown on the Easter Bunny yep. or Santa Claus. That's amazing. <laughs> but see, that I love because Ethan and I get along really well. He's a year, He was born on my birthday, November 7th, and he's a year and a half old now. And every time I see him, I feel better. He gets this big smile on his face. He's just a great kid, but he wanted nothing to do with the Easter Bunny. That's what social media is for. That right yes. there. Right? I agree. Well, that's what the social aspect is. Mm -hmm. A social suggests that it's people you know that yes. you're, you know, staying in contact with. When it's random people that you've never seen before, there's really no social aspect to that. Right. I mean, unless you become friends with them, obviously. But if you see a thousand opinions of a thousand strangers, there's no social aspect to it at all. Not really. No, that makes total sense to me. I mean, there's no question about it. So, yeah, I, you know, I guess I was talking to you guys earlier in the week about this on Monday and all the rest of it. And I just, I get, over the weekends when I get really sick of hearing about social media and the bad stuff that happens and all the rest of it. But I, I, is there any way you can set up certain 
criteria, certain limits that if you keep this up, you cannot be on Twitter or Facebook or whatever? Can Or do they not want to start kicking people off because they make a lot of money from all that? They make a lot of money from all that. But I think yeah, I think do. the 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 mute button is your friend and sort of the way mm-hmm. I do it is like once a month or so I'll kind of go through and I'll just mute people that are really <laughs> annoying and then there's always that day when all of a sudden they all pop back up because they're only muted for like 30 days and there they oh. all are again right and you're like oh no and and <laughs> so like I, I will re-mute somebody and if I've re-muted somebody enough times I'm like okay now I'm just gonna like you know unfollow them in a way that they can't say that I've unfollowed them but I'm just I just don't want to see their garbage anymore like it just it is if something is not additive to your life it is subtractive to your life like there's just it's it's there's nothing in between like that's just math right it's just it's not we are not in stasis and somebody's either giving you energy or they're sucking away your energy and i think that there's there's there there's there's no there's no room in, I think, a very busy life, a very short life, to have people who are constantly bringing you down. I mean, I I like to surround myself with people who remind me of who I am when I'm the better version of myself and not the version of who I was when I was in middle school. So, you know, I, I just goodbye to all the haters right in in the same vein as like muting somebody when you're scrolling through instagram once you get through like all of your friends posts it will show people that are Mm -hmm. similar yeah and like you can go through and if you see stuff you don't like you just hit like the little uh not interested in this post and then you can use the algorithm to your advantage so it will naturally just block people out like that that's the thing it's like people are like oh the algorithm's showing me this it's like well no you kind of told the algorithm to show you this by your behavior if you're seeing it, it's because the algorithm knows that it's what you want to see, even if you don't know it. I mean, I clicked on an ad one time for the most comfortable bra on the planet. And yeah. again, I mentioned I'm 52 <laughs> years old. For the last year, I have been getting ads that literally say, they're like sweatpants for your boobs. Mm. Period. That's it. That's what I've been getting. Because I clicked on one ad. Like, you have to be so careful who, and I'm sorry if that was like, you know, not allowed to say that word, but <laughs> these are the ads that I'm getting. Like. So, okay, cool. So, like, I mean, sweatpants for your boobs. I'm 52. That's mm. so insulting. It's just like, oh, God. But, yeah, that's what I'm getting. So somehow the algorithm has, has pegged me as somebody who wants sweatpants on top. Yeah, yeah, sometimes the algorithm doesn't work so good, you know, obviously. <laughs> so you imagine if you're clicking on, like, a bunch of people who are hating on whatever mm-hmm. like insert yeah. punching down to that population here right what do you think you're gonna get yep. you're just gonna get right. more and more and more of that until it almost feels so normal that it doesn't shock you anymore well the other thing is when i on the rare occasion that i read twitter usually it'll be like some tweet that someone linked i almost always do it in private browsing or incognito mode Because then Mm. there's no cookies, there's no tracking, there's no any of that. And I have found that if people are up in arms over some, you know, famously viral, hateful, right-wing tweet, I I go read it, I scroll down, I see a bunch of more hateful, viral, right-wing tweets. If it's a hateful, viral, left-wing tweet, I'll scroll down and they're they're all left-wing tweets. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> right off the get-go with no information, yeah. it yep. it's set up so that it's like, oh, well, if you're reading this, well, here's a bunch more of this exact same kind of thing where, yes. you know, you just – and then you're kind of set up for like 
if you click on any of those, the algorithm now has you trapped in this kind of like whatever side it is that you started on, that's the side that you are going to stay on. Yeah, it rewards your behavior by punishing you. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> <Long term>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, yeah, it's That's kind of like a gilded it. cage sort of thing. It's like, oh, well, yeah. uh, here's what you want, but it's you can never leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Laura, I got to tell you that uh, a couple of weeks ago, Catherine and I went out to dinner with some some friends. And uh, the, the woman in the group uh, was talking about a book she had written uh, a while back and asked if I've ever read it. All right, and I said, no, I've not read the book yet. So she told me, and I can tell the name of the book because it's on Amazon, yeah, right? Yeah, it's Harry Potter thing. and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I hope, the, I hope dinner was on J. her. J.J. Rowling. <laughs> Rowling came over. J.J.? No, she... J.K. J.K. I thought it was, yeah, I'm sorry. Show you ruined my joke. I'll say I would have went with it. I did kind of ruin your joke. Now, it's obvious you didn't have dinner with J.K. Rowling. No, he was J.K. J.K. He was, yeah, he was J.K. What did I say, J.J.? Yes. Uh, close enough. Anyway, so she wrote a book, and she wrote it under a fake name, so I won't even tell you what name it is. But the name of the book, and I ordered it on Amazon, which was probably a mistake. I should have gone and picked it up in person. Mm-hmm. The name of the book is If My Hoo-Ha Could Talk. Mm. It's a book about sex tips. Okay? I bet she Since- doesn't wear sweatpants on her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> no, she does not. She probably does not. Well, then the talking would be muffled if you wear sweatpants. So, <laughs> But the amazing thing about that, and I'm not kidding, I've noticed it. That was about, a. I got the book, I ordered a book about, what, 10 days ago, Catherine? I would say that's right. For the last nine days, then, I am receiving the most vile text messages just willy-nilly from everywhere and everything. Just the fact that I ordered a book called If My Hoo-Ha Could Talk, I am getting the most sexually vile text messages. Hey, you want to join our group? I'm like, no. Text messages. You know, your phone's listening to you right now saying hoo-ha over mm. and over. Yeah, now it's going to happen <laughs> it's again. Never gonna you're ever. right. It's never yeah. going to stop. But isn't it amazing you can't even mention something like that on Digital Now and uh, these automatic messages. I mean, I should have saved one, Just uh, although you wouldn't want to hear how vile it was anyway. It was just disgusting. I, I don't like that part of digital either. Got to be honest, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I sort of wonder if uh, if our phones are listening to us or if it even matters. Oh because, yeah, you know. I mean, whatever. We're carrying them around everywhere we go. They're collecting data all the time. It is what it is. This is the age that we live in. So you know, I guess we should all just be more careful. No question about it. Uh, we're talking to best-selling author Laura Gasner Otting, whose book Wonder Hell. Man, you. you there's no question about it. <laughs> My book, Wonder Hell, which is about nothing to do with social media, by the way. No, but, well, no, but it, their attitude is <laughs> I'm happy to talk about social it. media anytime. <laughs> but, Laura, the, the amazing thing about it is, is that is that social media has a big part of the people you're talking about, does it not? I mean, they're getting their ideas from somewhere. It is true. It is true. There actually is a there actually is a, a whole chapter in it about how you can just sort yeah. of clean out all of the inputs that are coming into your head. And a lot of that is social media. So you're right. I do talk about social media, but I don't talk about it from an expertise more than uh, just uh, an observer of the you know, thousands of leaders who I've stewarded through these massive moments of career shift and notice that social media is not always the positive force for good for them. 
Yeah, no question about it. I, I love that success is wonderful, but it's also hell. Welcome to Wonder Hell. Sharing Laura's TEDx gives a 12-minute overview of Wonder Hell, which has hit over 1 million. Oh, big shot. 1 million views. Huh? I know. I think it might even be at 1.2 now. It's crazy. Oh, crazy. Uh, and thank you, by the way, for pointing out, Laura, that it's Stress Awareness Month. <laughs> that's really good news. Although you said stress is not all bad, so that's good. Well, I think that we interpret it as bad when, in fact, a lot of times the feeling that we have of imposter syndrome or doubt or fear of anxiety are actually allies to help us that we're on the right track. Like you don't imagine this bigger version of yourself that you could go for if you're not capable of getting there. Right. Like people don't have imagination of how much more they can do if they're you know, so far behind, they're never going to get there. It's like each time we have that step. So yeah, I'm trying, I'm on a one woman campaign to help everyone renegotiate the relationship they have with the tsunami of emotions that come at us during these moments. So literally the number one reason people are leaving their jobs is burnout. And is it just life in general they're burnt out about? Is it their job? Is it the people around them? Is it everything? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's a lot of things. I think a lot of people came out of the pandemic asking, when life goes back to normal, is the normal I'm going back to the really the life I want? And you know, I don't know about about you guys, but I, I mean, I made some changes. Did you make some changes as, as you came out of the pandemic? Were there things that you said I'm not? I used to do that. I'm not doing that anymore. I want to do things differently. What do you think, Catherine? I don't know what you do. <laughs> She's only around me 20 hours a day. Why would she, you know? I can't think of anything. I don't know what you do. Well, thank you. I didn't know it was so important in your life, my dear. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's no question. No, I, I think that's a big part of it. Catherine can tell you, by the way, by the way I walk into a room whether she wants to talk to me or not. Oh, yes, that's true. <laughs> she always says that. Apparently, I, I have a a certain appearance or gait or something that that's very aggressive when I'm stressed out. Is that, is that normal? You think that you have a certain gait, you just get more intense. I do. I get very intense when I'm stressed out because there's no reason to be stressed out. So I got to come up with a reason for it, I guess. I, I, <laughs> Well, I mean, there's clearly something that's stressing you out, right? And you have this fight or flight reaction. So some people, when they get stressed out, kind of go to ground, they go to their couch, they sort of sit, they don't move, they get sort of frozen. And other people like you, and I would say like me, get into this, like, what can I control? What can I do? Action. I need to do something. Even if that something isn't the thing that's going to help me, it's something. And actually, interesting, one of the studies that I wrote about in Wonder Hell that I thought was so interesting was that if if people are trying to make a decision about a big thing they want to do in life, should I take the job? Should I leave the spouse? Should I buy the the car? Whatever it is. If they flip a coin and the coin says, yes, do something, like do it, they are happier six weeks, 12 weeks, three months, um, uh, six months later than if the coin says, no, don't do it, regardless of whether or not they say that was the, the better idea at the time. They're just happier that they did something. So I think that stressed out gate is just your body saying, you need to do something. We don't know what, yeah. but any action beats stagnation. Now, um, Alex has a, a couple of kids. She has a six-year-old daughter and four-year-old son. Andy has a year and a half coming up on, well, he's about a year and a half now, right, Andy? Yeah. Uh, a son. So what's the future for children that age from one and a half to six years old? I mean, what can, can we expect them to have to go through. Is it going to get better, do you think? Is it going to get worse? 
I think it's going to get better. I mean, I look Good. at my kids. I have an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old. And I look at them, and they're understanding of the world and its intric uh, its intricacies and its nuances and their active role in being able to make change is astounding to me and i grew up as like a pretty civics nerdy type kid like i wanted to run for u.s senate i was like this was i was in you know uh, i was in civics and i was in uh, uh you know octagon and all of the you know like junior leader type things and I thought I knew everything. And I look at them now and I knew nothing compared to them. Like their ability <laughs> yeah. to just like go on the internet and just, you know, not just not just sign a petition, but like, you know, so my son during the the during the last presidential campaign went on the internet and he's like, Well, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that person who's running, but I'm gonna buy tickets to his rally. And then not show up because he's going to be pissed that there's no crowds there. And all of his friends did that. And just their ability to like go in and affect change in these like little pirate type ways is so inspiring to me because they know how to pull levers in ways that I didn't even know the levers existed. I got to close with something I, I, I just uh, experienced in the last couple of days because I'm a huge baseball fan. I love baseball. But this has to do with stress. And one of the reasons I might, I've been a little stressed yesterday, I, in 1977, bought my first uh, season tickets to watch baseball. I got six season tickets right behind the plate, and all six of them together were $6,000 that year. It was 1000 bucks per ticket per year, right? Okay? Mm hmm Those same tickets today are $150,000. Hmm. I'm not making that up either. That's a true story. In in that period of time, so in about 45, 46 years, the tickets went from $6,000 to $150,000. That's a little stressful, Laura. I'm leaving you with that stress. What do you think? It's, it's a little stressful. It's a little stressful. I mean, you know, but I tell my kids, I'm like, my first job working in the White House, I got paid $22,717 oh, a year. I, was, I got paid basically in all the ramen soup and idealism I could eat. And I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, I couldn't even just get the ramen soup. Like, I had to go to the store on the day where they were selling, like, five for a dollar fifty instead of like the usual 99 cents each like i was yeah. it was pretty tough but you know i think you learn a lot in those days and i do i do worry about you know this generation coming up and the fact that like they can't mm -hmm. just buy a house they can't save for it it's going to be a lot right. harder for them but they also have flexibility with careers and gig work and you know remote work and being able to work from anywhere like we didn't have the internet like i like we were lucky like if, if we had a walkie talkie we were lucky forget cell phones right so you yes. know they also have other things at their disposal so i think we can worry about them and be stressed that things cost a lot more money than they used to but we're also forgetting about all the other opportunities that they have that we didn't and they're going to make something pretty good of that i'm pretty excited to watch no question about it. Laura, you got to come back. I loved, we loved talking to you today. It was a great conversation. Thank you. Well, that's just because I told you it was your show and you could do anything you want. Well, <laughs> I got you true. early. <laughs> well, you did. You figured me out really early. There's no doubt about that. All right. Well, thank you very much. And please do come back. I'd love to talk to you again very soon. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Laura Gastner-Odding, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I loved that conversation. What did you guys think? Oh, she was amazing. We, I feel like she could have came on at the beginning of the show and talked all day with us. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it is, I, you know, I would, like I said, I've been talking about this for a while, the stress thing that's on people right now and, and that element 
And again, you can use social media, like Andy used it to send me pictures of, of uh, Ethan not real happy with the Easter Bunny. I love that part of it. The fact that I can do a remote show is because of digital. It's a wonderful thing, but you can't turn it over freely to human beings or they will destroy everything. So it's not really digital that's the problem. It's not social media's problem. It's the people using it that are the problem, and they're turning other people crazy. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it, you agree? Yeah, and I liked how she was talking about like people that flip a coin, and if it says yes and they do that thing, they're usually happy. Mm-hmm. They're like happier long term. It kind of reminded me there was uh, Will Smith had this like saying. It was kind of talking about stress and fear, and he was referring it to skydiving and how when he jumped out of the plane, it was like the most freeing feeling ever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, usually the happiest moments in your life are going to be right on the other side of like stress or right. fear. And so I think that's one thing that the pandemic kind of helped is. He, told people like, hey, I have options. I don't have to stay at this job. I survived the pandemic after it was gone, or I can do different things or work remote or go wherever. And so I think that that kind of is a freeing sense of, of being and that, uh, yeah, like most people go for whatever you want to go for because you're probably going to be happier long-term and have not have as many regrets. I thought you were going to say it reminds you of the Michael Jordan quote. You miss one hundred percent of the oh, shots. No, you don't no, I'm take. not. I'm not going down that that cliche. No, of a, no, no, no. We'll leave that for for MJ. There you have it. Melissa reached out. Do we have an approved photo for Laura today? I don't know. And Win- Winifred Trader said, let me check. I asked Art. So they're going to let him know, yeah, we'd like to get a picture of Laura Gastner outing up there. All right, you guys, I thought it was a terrific show today. We talked family and how much we love our children and our parents and our grandparents and our friends. And mm-hmm. what more could you ask? All right, we got to hear Gasolina, too. Like, yeah. This is a good show. Yeah, I get yeah, to hear got some, uh, I don't know if I'd call it culture, per se. But yeah, culture. Some exposure to a bad song. <laughs> there you have it. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow.